0: Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi six-figure business in under two years, and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Shine Online. I am your host, Ellie Swift, and I am delighted to be here for a one-to-one episode today. It is just you and I for the next 30 minutes. Uh, And the reason or the purpose, the intention of this episode today is me sharing a whole bunch of answers to your questions that you asked over on Instagram earlier this week at the time that I'm recording it. It's always so useful for me to throw it over to you to find out what your questions are because it helps me get really clear on A, what the problems are that you're currently experiencing in your life and in your business when it comes to building your business or scaling your business or wherever it is you're at. Uh, And it also just helps me know what kind of content I can create for you. And so this is something that I aim to do a lot. And I would really encourage you to do the same in your own business. Having that ongoing conversation with your people is essentially that should always be the way in which you create content is through those questions that you're constantly asking and through the ongoing conversations that you're having with your people. So I'm really excited to be here answering these questions for you today there were a whole bunch of questions that came through. And so I've actually split this conversation into two parts. So today is part one of the Q&A, and I will do the second part in next week's episode. Today, I'm answering a bunch of questions that are related to the themes of How I spend my days, there's some mindset questions, and then I'll finish up with some marketing questions as well. Next week will be more about, there's some things in there around boundaries, but also more of a conversation around launching because there were quite a lot of launch questions, which I absolutely love. Um, It may even be that I break it up further, but TBC on that. It will be a surprise in next week's episode. (laughs) So before I dive into these questions and answers, I want to just quickly share with you an update on the Swift Marketing Mastermind because over the last couple of episodes, I've been sharing with you an update on you know enrollment for the Swift Marketing Mastermind, where we're at with that. And I wanted to give you an update as to where we're at right now. And if this is the first time you're tuning in to Shine Online, hi, I'm Ellie. So nice to meet you. And uh, just as a bit of an overview and background for you, the Swift Marketing Mastermind is my program that supports you to build and scale to six figures plus in your business. It is the only way that you can be coached by me one to one. And the way that I support my clients is through the Swift Marketing Method, which is where I use the combination of mindset, marketing, and strategy to help my clients and support my clients as they build incredible Businesses, Incredible, heart-centered, sustainable, profitable businesses. It's an incredible program, if I do say so myself, but don't take my word for it. If you jump on over to my Instagram, you will be able to see uh, the sales page over there, which includes a plethora of testimonials and uh, videos and stories of people who have come through the experience. In terms of where we're at, we have limited places left in the Swift Marketing Mastermind for March. I'm talking two places at the time of recording this, although I do anticipate we may have uh, one or two people who transfer to the September enrollment. And so if you are listening to this, please make sure you reach out. Don't make the assumption that we are completely sold out. Please do reach out and ask me if this is something that is of interest to you. You can just send me a DM at swift. And we are also enrolling into September at the moment as well. And the reason why I opened up September enrollments was because we have filled so quickly, gratefully so, into March. We have 30 people who come into each round of the Swift Marketing Mastermind and I'm only going to be enrolling 15 people in the September round over the next couple of weeks. And the reason why that is, is because I always want to ensure that there are enough places for uh, people that want to re-sign because there is the opportunity to continue on from each round into the next. At the moment, we have sold 10 places. So that means we only have 10 places currently available for enrollment in the Swift Marketing Mastermind for September. So once again, please do reach out if that is something that speaks to you. You can jump on over to elliswiftcom forward slash mastermind, and you'll be able to see all the information there. All right, let's now dive into these questions and answers. And I really love this because I'm going through and answering essentially the questions that were were asked through the questions thread on Instagram. I won't share who they're from because I did uh, promise that they would all be anonymous, but I'm really excited to share my answers with you. So the first question that was asked was a little bit more of a personal question, I guess, of, What does a chill day look like for you? So this is a very fun question to answer and talk through. Um, I thought that I would chat through just an average Saturday, which is usually my most chill day of the week. So on a Saturday morning, I tend to wake up about 6, 6.30. Uh, I don't really tend to sleep in on the weekends. I actually feel so much better when I wake up at the same time every day. Um, and so a sleep in for me is usually 6.30, maybe 7.00 PM if I've been out past 10.00 PM the night before, which is a very rare occurrence. I will wake up and go for a swim usually if the weather is conducive to swimming. I swim probably nine, 10 months of the year. I don't really swim in the depths of winter because it's cold and I would just much rather walk along the beach when it's really windy and like a washing machine and full of seaweed in the water. But for the most part, wake up, go for a swim, and then Che and I might go for a walk to the bakery where we live in South Fremantle. We spend a lot of time at Wild Bakery as well as Little Loaf Bakery. We have all the bakeries around us. I recently found out that I am not, I don't have the celiac gene and it's probably one of the greatest discoveries of my life. It's just at bad timing because I discovered this about six weeks before my wedding, (laughs) which is now three weeks away. And so I am eating all the carbs right now. Probably not a great thing, but then again, what is this concept of shredding before the wedding? I'm kind of not buying into it. Uh, So anyway, I digress. Back to The bakery, so we might walk down to the bakery or we might go for breakfast at one of our local cafes in South Fremantle. We tend to frequent Port City Roasters quite a bit, uh, which will mean nothing to you unless you are Fremantle based, which I know that some of you are. Then uh, you know wander on home, call my mum. Usually on a Saturday morning, I'll call my parents and have a chat with them. Then Shay and I might shower and get dressed and go for a lunch date. So our favourite things to do are really sitting across from one another, eating food <laughs> and drinking wine. And so on a any kind of chill day, we uh, the way we would spend our time is make a lunch booking somewhere and go to one of our favorite restaurants, perhaps have a wine or two. And then we will usually always spend some time with friends or our friends that are also family. So something that you may not know about me is that my family and I are incredibly close to the point where we are physically very close as well in that my brother and his fiance live two streets away to my right. And depending if I'm standing out the front of our house, looking out and Che's brother and his partner live two streets to the left of us. Che and I feel so incredibly fortunate that we have our siblings that are really close by to us. So we both just have the one brother as siblings and yeah, we we all spend a lot of time together, which is Really, really special, and something that we really love that we have siblings that are friends as well as family. So, we might spend some time with them. We might, you know, do drinks at one of our houses, or do dinner, or head down to our local wine bar or our local pub. There is a lot of eating and drinking in my chill day, <laughs> and then have a quiet night in. And one of the things that I didn't mention here is that usually any of the time spent at home on a chill day. Would be reading on the couch, resting, relaxing, reading some kind of nonfiction or perhaps a business book. I I tend to kind of oscillate between the two. I also. Find that I read a lot more nonfiction as I'm falling asleep. So I read every single night. It supports me to calm down my nervous system and switch off before bed. And as a manifesting generator in human design, I really, really need to be able to relax my nervous system and um, switch off before I go to sleep. So I will also um, yeah, be reading something, whether it's uh, nonfiction or I'm reading something related to business during the day and just sticking to nonfiction at night. So another example of a chill day might be going down to my parents' house and heading out um, in the boat. We spend a lot of time out on the water. Che and I both grew up in families that had boats. For him, it was sailboats or my family, powerboats. And that's something that we we really love doing. We plan to get our own boat at some point. The time just hasn't come yet because we're more focused on buying assets that we do not lose significant amounts of money on, which uh, you tend to do so with boats. They tend to be a pretty expensive asset. So I hope that answers that question for you. The next question is, are you rigid or flexible with your routine each day? To answer this question, I really need to talk about my week and how I set up and create my weeks, because I would say that I'm really flexible with my weekly routine, less so with my daily routine routine. I tend to plan, well, I do plan my day the night before. And so I tend to be pretty structured in terms of what my day looks like. And I find that by planning my day the night before and really focusing in, on mapping out what that's going to look like, I'm able to be far more productive with my time. And uh, it, it just saves me energy essentially, because I really don't like task switching or feeling like I'm chasing my tail. And so it really enables me to, to get more done more effectively so that I can spend time switching off and reading and having a glass of wine and doing all those things that I really love. So I wanted to share with you the way that I structure my week, because this will hopefully support you if you're looking for essentially how I create routine. So what I do on a Sunday evening, I spend about 20 to 30 minutes mapping out what my week ahead is going to look like. And I ask myself a very specific set of questions. And I'm going to share those exact questions with you right now in the hopes that perhaps this is something you can use as your own routine as well, if it feels really good for you. So the questions that I ask myself is, first of all, is exercise and rest time scheduled for the week. So is exercise slash rest time scheduled for the week? Uh, then I ask the question of, is content ready to go for this week? Because I'm always focusing on consistency and showing up consistently in the business. Then I asked myself, what am I doing as a millionaire this week? because my goal this year is to be a million dollar business, I'm always prioritizing what I'm doing to continue moving the business forward in the mindset of a millionaire. What am I doing as a thought leader this week? So this ties in a lot to content, but just looking at it through the lens of what does thought leadership look like? And that for me, again, is tied into my goals for this year. What am I doing to blow the minds of my clients this week? ensuring that there is always going to be an element of surprise and delight and really showing up for my clients in a big way. And sometimes I might add something in that they didn't know was coming, or I might go, okay, I'm going to really prioritize these particular clients this week in my inner circle. And then next week I really prioritize those clients, depending on who's in launch and and where they're at cyclically within their business. Then, I answer the question of what are my top three priorities this week based on my goals? So essentially that is what are the top three things that I'm doing this week, where if nothing else happened, I'm happy that I have completed and done these three specific things. Then final two questions is, have I shared with Che what the week looks like and is it aligned with him? The reason I ask this question is because I feel like it's really, really important to always be ensuring that I'm having that conversation with Che as my partner of what I have on for the week. And I like to know what he's got on for the week so that we can then show up for one another. So if we both have huge weeks, for example, that might mean that we are ordering extra food in, or it might mean that we need to look at how we're eating well. (laughs) Well, uh, It might mean that we're not necessarily going to see much of each other. And so we prioritize a date night on Friday night, but just making sure that we both know what each other is doing for the week means that we can show up and support one another as much as possible. And then the last question is a friendships question, which is who am I reaching out to, checking in with and giving love to this week? Relationships for me are really, really important. And this year, something that I'm really focused on is sharing the love with my people because I'm very good at thinking about my loved ones and not necessarily reaching out to them. So something that's really key for me this year is doing that. And so when I ask those questions, I have a really clear line of sight into what the week ahead looks like, right? And so then when I know that, I can go in and prioritize my days. So in terms of my days during the week, a standard or average day for me looks like a morning routine from about 530 to 7:30, 8 o'clock. Then I start my day of work from anywhere between 8 to 9. And then I finish up work anywhere between about four and six. And then I have something on in the evenings, or you know, we chill, stay home, go for a walk. I tend to keep my weeks pretty low-key where possible. So that's how my day looks. And then I've got Any day can look different. I have, you know, I might have client calls on some days. Uh, Mondays and Fridays, I always keep free from calls so that I can focus on my bigger, more strategic and content focused work. And so usually my days are less flexible, but because I've planned them out so that they function in a way where they're really serving my needs. Having that as a boundary for me, it has supported me to be really effective, really efficient, and not task switching and feeling like I'm moving between so many different things at any one time. I also like to be able to be as open as possible for my team in terms of their needs. And so that is really where I have the most flexibility is showing up for my team and also showing up for my Swift Inner Circlers who I'm conversing with on Voxer essentially every day. So I really hope that that answers your question and also that you can take those weekly questions and utilize them for yourself. Let's switch gears now to more of a mindset focused question. And I was asked, How do I use journaling to challenge mindset blocks? This particular person has said, I would love to do more of this. So I've got three journaling practices that are my go-tos, four actually. I'll I'll speak to one that's less of a journaling practice and more of a, a daily refresher. I'll speak to that first and foremost, and then I'll go into the three. So first up, something that I do every year and then update it throughout the year is I always have a visualization of my life script that I'm currently uh, mulling over, ruminating on, working through at any one time. So an example of a life script is me essentially looking towards what it is that I desire and then creating a day in the life script around that. And I really focus on what it is that I'm feeling, tasting, seeing, thinking, experiencing in every moment throughout that day. Because the aim in doing so is that I am calling that vision into my current reality, which is part of manifestation. Essentially, it allows me to, to make that come to fruition. So that is something that I uh, read over, listen to, because I've recorded it as well daily, and it really supports me to come back to what my ultimate vision is. In terms of journaling, specifically journaling practices, there's three practices that I really love that I uh, oscillate or move between depending on what I most need that day. So the three practices are, that I'm going to speak to is a gratitude practice, uh, a fear inventory, and then free form questions. So the first one, the gratitude practice, and this is the one that is most consistent. This is usually a daily practice is that I write down what it is that I am most grateful for. And I try and be really specific and focus on Often it's the little things because I know at any one time, I'm so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for Che. I'm so grateful for um, my work and my clients, but I try and keep it as detail focused as possible. So I am so grateful for this one particular client and the way that they've showed up for themselves and the way that they move through certain mindset challenges. Or I'm so grateful that Che really loves cooking uh, amazing ragu. (laughs) Oh, I'm so grateful for this magical day and that the ocean was both warm and looked like glass and that I got to swim in it and that I get to swim in it every day. So that detail and peeling back the layers on what I'm grateful for really supports me to just feel like multi-layered levels of gratitude. And really uh, come back to over and over just how many things that I have to be fortunate for in my life. And so I'd really encourage you to start there because it's such a wonderful way to recognize all the ways in which we are already so abundant. And if we're wanting to call in more abundance in our life, it starts with being able to look at what it is that we already have in our lives. The next journaling practice is that fear inventory that I mentioned before. So A fear inventory practice is something that I do on days where I wake up and I feel a little bit off balance or out of alignment, or I've got something on my mind that I need to move through, or I'm feeling anxious, which uh, as somebody who has experiences bouts of anxiety is something that absolutely comes up for me. So a fear inventory is where I go through and I list out everything that I am currently feeling fear around, everything that is a concerning thought for me, whether it be uh, you know, that I'm challenged by something in relation to our systems and processes, or it's a time or capacity challenge, or there's some energy related stuff going on, or I'm not sure how to move through something with a client. And they're just examples of things that, that may come up for me. I write down the fears, the fears that are abounding in relation to those. And then by doing so, by writing down those fears onto paper, what you're doing is you're removing any power that those fears actually have over you by putting them in front of you and being able to see them. It's like, well, Is this real? Because so often it might even just be the act of putting it on paper where I can go, this is actually not a thing. Like This is not something to be fearful of or afraid of in any way. And this is just something that my brain has concocted as being being a fear or concern. What I then do is I go through that fear inventory and I reframe those those things. So, for example, if I am experiencing, you know, a client might be going through something where I'm really leaning into that with them and I'm working out the best solution, it might be this is an exceptional challenge for me to be able to move through with this client and I know and trust that I am the best person to support them with this that might be a reframe for me. You're not always going to find reframes for everything, but what it really allows you to do is to assess those fears on face value and be able to look at everything in a different way. And I just come away from that practice feeling so, so much lighter and so much more empowered to be able to move through my day because I've essentially processed the contents of my brain onto paper. And then my third practice, which I really love to do if I am essentially trying to kind of just just work out where I'm at in that moment and trying to get clarity on anything is to do more of those free-flowing questions, that style of journaling. Some big picture questions that I tend to ask to kick off this process are questions like, how do I feel today? What's on my mind? How does my body feel? What emotions are coming up? What does creation look like today? How do I want to feel at the end of today? What do I want to accomplish today? Those questions allow me to ground, become really present, recognize where I'm at and what I most need for myself to be in alignment for that day. And then also what success looks like for me that day. And I come away usually feeling so clear and like I've got a really great strategy in which to then move through my day. So once again, I hope that these have been really supportive for you to be able to start uh, leaning into journaling as a practice. It is my favorite mindset tool. Now let's move across to some marketing questions. And these ones are a little bit shorter and I'll be able to move through them. There's three final questions that I'll be able to move through at a little more of a rapid rate. So the first of the marketing questions is, should I always look amazing on videos that I post or can I be more raw and not as made up? I really love this question. Uh, the answer is you can absolutely be more raw and not as made up. The really wonderful thing about social media, especially when it comes to, you know, Instagram stories or videos is that people are wanting to see the behind the scenes. They're wanting to see more of you in your day to day. They're wanting to see the intricacies of, uh, you know, when you're showing up in your day, what is what does life actually look like for you, especially if you're somebody who identifies as a thought leader, which I know this person who asked this question is. And so I would really encourage you to lean into that. I know for me, just from a stats perspective, to support this point of view is that When I show up and post more of those raw photos, I get far more engagement than any of my photo shoot photos, which is actually somewhat frustrating, (laughs) but it's a truth, you know? I I get far more engagement on, on those posts and those videos. And so I think that it's a really great way to build a persona of authenticity and to encourage your community to continue trusting you further. And it's also just a really great use of time knowing that you can absolutely be on video without having to go and do your hair and makeup. The next question, how do I know which platform to utilize when I am marketing a specific product or service? The best way for you to discern which platforms you should be using and when we're talking platforms, we're talking about social media platforms, or um, we might be talking about channels such as email marketing or uh, SEO or whatever else, is to start with the question of where are my ideal clients showing up? Where are my ideal clients showing up right now? Where are my ideal clients engaging? Where can I meet them where they're at? So this might be something to write out, like, where are they showing up right now? And if you don't know the answer to this, I'd really encourage you to reach out to, to some of those ideal clients and ask them the question, like, where are you consuming content? Where are you engaging? Where are you showing up? Because ultimately you want to be on the platform that your ideal client is on. It's interesting because I actually see quite a few people using things such as Mighty Networks or, um, a host of other platforms that I don't even know the names to, where essentially the aim is to try and take people off the current platforms that they're on and move them into new software that they don't tend to use. In my opinion, it's far less effective because essentially what you're doing is trying to obviously share content with someone, but you're also trying to influence consumer behavior and completely change their habits about where they're consuming and where they're engaging, which is really, really challenging to do. It's far easier to meet that person where they're at in the platform or on the platform that they are utilizing and really across and then being able to to share and communicate in those places. And then the last question for today is how do you launch multiple offers around the same time? So the way that I would answer this first and foremost, the simplest answer to this question is don't launch multiple offers at the same time. (laughs) If you are sharing anything, my recommendation is always where possible to do so in seasons so that you can focus on different products Or services at different times so as not to confuse your audience. So depending on what business model you have, this will vary. But for example, if you're somebody who has a launch model, you might launch a certain program, close cart, then the next month launch a different program, close cart, the next month launch something else, or go back to launching that first program again. Now, this question may have been asked as, I'm launching a group program, but I also have one-to-ones available. If that is the case, then choose the seasonality of when you are promoting what. So if you are promoting your group program, I would sideline promotion about your one-to-ones and either do that before or after launching your group program. There is one exception to this rule. And that is if you have a business where you have created continuity sales, I have in my business, so I'm going to use that as an example. So, right now, I am selling into both the Swift Marketing Mastermind and my Swift Inner Circle. That said, the Swift Inner Circle is only available to people who have come through the Swift Marketing Mastermind. And so, it is something that is available to people in that. Uh, back-end continuity sales way where I'm not actually promoting the Swift inner circle publicly. It's not something that I'm sharing or communicating about on my socials because it's only available to the humans that have gone through the Swift Marketing Mastermind. So that means that I am currently enrolling clients into both the Swift Marketing Mastermind and the Swift Inner Circle, but I'm doing so in a way where it's not confusing to my community because there's only one that I'm enrolling into that is front-facing. I really hope that answers your question. All right. We will be back next week with more of these Q and A's in the interim. May I ask that if you loved this episode or you are a frequent listener that you Either jump on over and share a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode. I love, love, love seeing where in the world you are um, and where you're listening, whether it's me joining you for a walk or joining you in the car or uh, wherever else it might be. Uh, and in addition to that, it would mean so much to me if you would jump on over and give me a five-star review. You simply just jump on over to uh, Apple and you can jump into podcasts and provide a five-star review and a comment. It, that feedback means that we're able to get this podcast into the hands of more incredible humans, the hands and the ears <laughs> of more incredible humans, um, which only means that we are going to have more incredible female-led entrepreneurs in the world, which is my mission. Uh, and I'm sure uh, something that you will agree with me is only ever going to be an incredible thing. Thank you so much for being here. Have the most magical day and I will see you again next week.